Oh, yes. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome back, guys. This is episode 11 of The Hungry Diner Show. I am your host, Mick, The Hungry Diner. All right, guys, we're back. Another episode we're going to put in the bag. I'm actually going to do a few more before the end of the year. I was actually going to leave the equipment away until uh, next year and let 2020 do its thing. But I uh, got a DM last week from a chef, an LA-based chef that I invited to come on the show earlier in the year. And um, she got back to me last week and said she had some time after a little bit of time off. And the next thing I know, I'm dusting off the equipment and the mic, and um, we were on in a couple of days. I really, really enjoyed this episode. It's my first international chef, uh, sorry, guest, and it's Chef Katie Lloyd, LA-based chef to the stars and also to athletes. Um, she's not only a private chef, she's been also a chef in the culinary and dining world. I first had Katie hit my radar because I'm an avid YouTube foodie. I watch a lot of different YouTube clips with, um, I follow food channels, um, people doing live mukbangs, recipes, you know, just anything to give me the munchies, keep me hungry or traveled while I'm stuck here. And um, there was one particular episode titled The World's Biggest Cheeseburger. It was done by a, a famous uh, vlogger or YouTuber, Logan Paul. Now it was at his house, which they call the Maverick Mansion in LA. And I saw as they were preparing this cheeseburger, there was a very, very organized chef in the background orchestrating this whole thing. I had a look and then I found out it was, they called it Chef Katie. Then she found out she was the actual private chef to the Logan Paul residence there in LA for a period of time. And I was just seeing like um, this whole thing come out. It was a bit of a party at the Logan Paul house. The burger was giant. It was a very interesting episode. And I just did a bit of digging and I found out, you know, Chef Katie has got a lot of experience. I like to know and I like to bring people from the background to the to front and center and, and, and highlight where they've come from, what they've been doing. And Chef Katie was amazing. She sits down in her LA residence. We have we crack a beer together and we talk all things food, her philosophy on the culinary scene, the LA dining scene, tips on being a chef, private chef, making the transition. And we just sit down and talk as friends. This is part one of part two episodes because that we got I got to know so much about her. The next episode, once we actually finished recording episode one, we started talking about a few other bits and pieces and I thought, we need to get you on for another. So Enjoy part one, and uh, thank you all so much for your support. Hang in there. We're almost done with this year. So I've got Chef Katie Lloyd recording from LA. We've just had a conversation behind the scenes. We then agreed to uh, crack a beer open, and then as we opened the beer, poor Katie's beer <laughs> wasn't that great. So she's gone and got a second one. This is our round two. <laughs> Hi, Katie. Yeah. Hi. All right. So I got a Guinness. Nice. Not favorite beer, so product placement. We're not sponsored by Guinness, and I've got a great northern from Queensland, but uh, we'll drink it anyway. I'm not sponsored, but if you want to send me some, I will. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Guinness Chef Katie. Wow! So, firstly, um, to put some context behind this, I slid into Katie's DMs what like four months ago, five months yeah. ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. And it's a, for me, things are like a numbers game. And, um, you know, uh, last last week, I think it was last week, you got back to me and said, let's do this. So I'm yeah, grateful. So, you know, 
you know i i'm grateful too honestly i you know i sorry it took so long uh, I, like i said i still your i go through my messages and i try to weed out all the people that seem extra crazy uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like a good time so i was like all right i gotta it was on my list honestly for months i was like really i'm, I'm gonna get yeah literally i saw your message and i was like okay i didn't want to respond and then not be able to do it i just was like not you know, yeah. times. So I feel like everything works out as it should. So things happen uh, for a reason, you know, better late than never. You're my first international guest on the hungry diner show. Um, we had a bit of context behind about like what I do and where I'm from and stuff like that. Um, I want to be, I've got two screens in front of me. So if you see my eyes, it's just more notes I've taken Katie, but like, I, I've got to kind of give you some context about how you came onto my radar. So yeah, I'd love to hear it. I'm an avid foodie and like a serial YouTube junkie with food shows, right? So I'm talking Mark Weens, Anthony Bourdain, David Chang, Vice Munchies, like just anything about food, um, you know, people eating food, doing mukbangs and all that kind of stuff. So I actually one day was watching uh, on YouTube and I saw it was the, the world's biggest cheeseburger. That's how you found That's me. how I found you, right? So I saw the world's biggest cheeseburger come up and it was the first time I'd ever seen any kind of vlog from um, from Logan Paul. And that was yeah. the first way I kind of got involved in that kind of uh, world. And that episode, I saw you preparing these this ridiculous cheeseburger in this, what they call the Maverick House, which was Logan Paul's um, place in LA. And I... In my mind, being like in the hospitality world, having like a chef's mindset, a cook's mindset, front of house mindset, I'm like, how are you balancing putting this together with so many big energies in the house? It must be a, a, a nightmare putting that burger together, but it got done, right? That is so, it's so cool that you acknowledge that because it's true. <laughs> well, what's crazy is at the time, I remember, you know, I, I was working like, I was there six at that point, six days a week. And then Logan was like, Hey, uh, you want to make the world's largest cheeseburger? Wow. And I said, I'm a yes person. I'm like, yeah, of course. And so <laughs> and I think I swear, I felt, I swear it was like just a few days before. So meanwhile, I'm cooking for, you know, the guys and everyone in the house. And then I had to prepare. Um, you know what? Now I remember, I think it was the weekend of the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I had to go to Costco the weekend of the suit. I, so the lions would have been huge. Like it's always so busy. So and I went, yeah, that weekend it was crazy busy, and I was getting like fifty pounds of like hamburger meat. It was crazy. I remember and you I even like, baked the buns. You even huh? baked. You even baked the buns on the burger. I mean, like I, mean, I had to because like how are you gonna find something? I mean, I guess I could have made a bunch of little like put little ones underneath. Nah. But if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna go all in. You know, I'm yeah. Like, go home. So yeah, that was crazy. That was uh. So I went in on a Sunday to do that. That was, that was a Sunday. Was like, oh, but it was a Sunday. So yeah, because it was Super Bowl. Yeah, so it was Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. I believe. Yeah, right. And then the funny part was it was like I felt like I was working in a restaurant again because, you know, it's like I, I waitress at one point, um, but I felt like trying to get through with these big hamburgers and everyone was just like standing there. I'm like, I got to get through. It's like being in a restaurant. You're trying to like be cordially push your way through, you know? Yeah, but yeah. 
this burger together but it was cool it was fun it was exciting you know that was like uh, that well, it's important that i kind of just start there because that's sort of how I, I i saw you right and um for me it's um i'm really as i said before we started recording i'm a behind the scenes kind of guy so i was watching you in the background then i next thing i see like there's the room's full of like 60 people and i'm like how are you orchestrating this like you're putting the burgers on the grill and then probably having to navigate around people then they're going in the oven with the cheese on it and then what the boys are assembling it and you're probably sitting back standing back there going where's valium <laughs> And the funny thing is, like, it was like the high of it was so fun, you know, trying to make it happen. So that was really cool. But then all of a sudden, all these people showed up. And I didn't know. I had no idea there was going to be this that many people. Everyone's got their phones out. Huh? And with their phones. So, uh, so yeah, it was crazy. Uh, but, we, you know, we, you know, it. It worked out and it was, it was fun. So that's really good. That's really good. And like, um, on your Instagram, it says, um, you know, which I love is, um, base, uh, where is it here? It's uh, East coast girl chefing it up in Cali, which I love, um, chef to pro athletes and fit, uh, fit AF stars. Well, fit as fuck stars. I'm assuming that stands for, um, uh, I think this I th happens. Yeah, you, you, am I still there? Yeah, you're still there. Yeah. yeah I got you. Okay. So sorry. Hold on. You're right. Uh, do you see me? Yeah, I can. It just popped up and said update. <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> Classic. Right in the middle. No. Classic. It, it's done that to me many times. Just don't click yes. What do I do? I don't know how to get out of it. Well, you're still recording. You're still on. You just can't see me. Okay. Can I update it? No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't press it. Don't press it, Katie. <laughs> oh, God, I pressed it, but I don't think it did anything. Well, we'll just see. So, we'll, we'll keep winging it. How do I get back to you? You know, uh, I'm not too sure. I can't see what you can see. I can see you. You're still there, and you sound clear as well, which is good. Wow, that is. I got a bone to pick with Zoom though, because that's messed up. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> many people do. So, um, you can't see me, but can you hear me? Yeah, but is that, is that okay? Though? Yeah, that's is fine. That... That's fine. Let's just keep going from there. And technical difficulties is all part of it. It's just how you kind of deal with it as they arise. So. So, so back up, sorry, you were saying about my profile. So yeah, so when I saw you on that episode, and that was the first time I'd ever saw a vlog from Logan Paul, and I saw you there, and I was kind of like just feeling for you, and, and like, oh my God, that would have been hard to navigate that whole cheeseburger challenge. And I was like, started watching a few more episodes, and then I started seeing you on more of the vlogs and cooking different things and the preparation. And I'm like, how busy you must be right now. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to follow Katie. I want to see like what she's about. So I went, found you on Instagram, which is at Chef Kate Lloyd, not Katie, Kate Lloyd. Yeah, it's Kate, Chef Kate. Yeah, Chef Kate Lloyd. Lloyd with two L's. Gotcha. So, so two L's, which I got wrong on a, the first email. And, oh, um, yeah. I didn't even think of that, to be honest. I just say it because most people get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I hear that's fine. That's fine. I started following you there and – to me, to start off with, it was like, oh, okay, so you're you're like a, a private chef for celebrities or stars and stuff like that. And then I saw to chef to pro athletes and fit as fuck stars. So, you know, that's really how you jumped on my radar. Um, just for myself being a, an avid foodie, understanding the culinary world. Um, so from there, I saw you in a few different clips. I understand as we talked about, you're no longer working um, at the Maverick House anymore for Logan Paul. That's right. So this is this episode's really all about you. So I'm really curious to say, like, you know, where did all this begin for you? Like, before me seeing you making the world's biggest cheeseburger, I'm sure your universe is a whole lot more authentic than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
Oh man, wait. So where where do you want me to begin? <laughs> well, actually, you know what? Let's start here. How's the LA dining scene right now? Oh, it's it's interesting. Uh, to be honest, I haven't really been going out to eat that much. Yeah. Um, yeah, just because I know everyone's starting to go out. I think I've I've done ramen a few times. Uh, oh yeah. I go to always nails it. Um, but you know everything's outside, which right now the weather is pretty nice, and yeah. so it works out for LA. Um, but you know, for a while when they were just doing takeout, it was it was something. I mean, you could tell the difference. Like they were understaffed probably because they probably had to have less people cooking in the kitchens, and you know, they couldn't be as close to each other. Maybe yeah. I'm not sure. Um, so the quality definitely started to go down. But um, but now, I mean, the takeout seems to be getting better. And I've been, you know, I do a lot of takeout. It's funny because I cook for people all day and then I come home and do takeout. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's the thing that I find interesting is that going out to eat, a lot of it is about the atmosphere. So I find it interesting that people are willing to just like eat on the street and in back alleys. And stuff. That's what they're doing, are they? Uh, yeah, I mean, some places, like some places, like you have, you know, I don't, I guess I'm realizing now, I'm not really sure what it's like near you, but um, yeah, they're basically eating, everything has to be outside. As far as I know, I mean, it could have mm. changed in the last week mm. or two, everything changes so quickly, but um, yeah, so like some of the places that have really nice indoor atmosphere, they're, you know, they're just eating in like the parking. I went, oh, you know what? I actually went to brunch a few weeks ago right. and it was set up dining in the parking, like where the valet used to be. I mean, they it looked nice. You couldn't really tell, but it's definitely different. It's, so. It is. It's there's so many adjustments in the hospitality industry at the moment. It's like I, I see it here in Sydney at the moment. We've gone through so many restrictions. You know, there are some some iconic restaurants have closed down. Others are opening their doors and franchising out. And um, it's definitely been interesting, especially when we had restrictions. You could only have a certain amount of people in the venue. Or at one point when it went into complete lockdown, and it was just for us, we all rely on um, Uber Eats. You got you do Postmates there. Yeah, Postmates, there's Uber Eats, there's so many, especially LA, there's a lot of different options. Right, 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 got it. So a lot of the restaurants who are doing that, the takeout, but it's just, again, it's still not the same, you know? No, it's not the same, it's not the same, and it's, it's, it's so strange, it's so strange. Chef, have you ever been to Sydney before or Australia? I haven't, um, I'd love to, it's definitely on my list of places to nice. check out. If I was to say to you, what is Australian cuisine? What would you say to me? I don't know. I'm really not sure. And I, I sort of embarrassed to say that. Don't be. Um, Everyone says the same. I or something before this, but uh, uh, I'm not too I'm not sure, but I thought maybe you could teach me something. That's that's what your version of it is. It's such a strange thing. Like uh, the Australian, uh, they call it modern Australian food in terms of an identity. It's... Um, it's really like, it's so hard. You ask people that and they'll say like shrimp on the barbie or meat pies or have you heard of Vegemite? Yes. You've heard of Vegemite. We've got lamingtons like cakes, but modern Australian food is more for us. It's like, um, you know, celebrating ingredients that we have here. So, you know, like, um, you know, nice produce in terms of proteins, like Australian local beef. Um, have you tried kangaroo before? I, I have it actually. Super lean, super, super yeah, lean yeah. meat. Um, and they are a pest here in Australia. So kangaroo meat is in every shopping center um, that, you, or that you can go to. Um, you know, there's there's so many different ingredients that we, sorry? Can you get in the United States? Can you what? 
Can you get kangaroo in the United States? I I'd say remember. so, yeah, absolutely. I'm not too sure where, though. I'd have no idea. Um, yeah, it's also hard to find clients <laughs> that'd be willing to eat it, too. I think, you know. Right. It depends. I mean, I would I would definitely be down to try it. But. It's like when we hear about, like, um, you know, people in the States eating elk and bison and, like, yeah. we can't get that. So well, I think we'd have to order it from specialty shops. But, like, it, it's so interesting. Like, every, every country has their own unique uh, foods or, you know, what would you class as, like, good old American food? Like, people think – some people go, oh, it's, you know, nachos, but that's Mexican. Some people go, oh, no, it's hot dogs. Well, that's actually – you know what I mean? It's it's really interesting. That's actually German. So with Australian food, it's, it's either, like, classic ingredients here. We celebrate, like, the herbs, what grows here locally, um, and then plate it together nicely. So if you ever come down to Sydney, you're going to hit me up, Katie, and we can try some nice oh. modern Australian food. That would be so fun to do, like, to go out to eat and just try a bunch of food. I'm so down for that. I'm all about, like, the holes in the walls, the off-the-menu stuff. Those are my favorite places to go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um... Uh, so we've talked about how the, how that basically you jumped onto my radar and I've been following you since then. When you say that, um, you've been a chef to pro athletes and, and stars who, who else, like you're, you're a private chef right now. Is that correct? Yes. So, um, is there any other kind of celebrities that you've met or uh, worked with besides working at the Maverick house for Logan Paul? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I work with a lot of, um, a lot of interesting people out here. Um, even like when I was working in a restaurant before this, um, you know, I worked at a place where it was really star studded and, you know, always people coming in. Um, Can you tell me the venue? Unfortunately, I can't really say because the confidential. Com confidentiality oh, got it. I'm yep. realizing now I'm about to say it, but I was like, no, nah, I can't uh, say that because I think a lot of stars go there to be, you know, to not be privacy. Seen, yeah. Um, you know, I will say though, at Logan's house, he did the podcast and I met a lot of really cool people. Um, it, I don't post a lot of it. You know, I'm not one to be like, can I get a photo kind of thing? I know who you're going to uh, say. What's that? I know who you're going to say. <laughs> Russell oh, Brand. Well, so I got a photo with him. Um, I re I just really admire him just as a person yeah. and I was so nervous. He was like the only person. Well, that and uh, Jojo Siwa. I, uh, <laughs> they're making fun of me because I've never asked to get a photo, but they're laughing at me because I asked for Jojo Siwa's, but you know, it's for my niece. My niece is obsessed with her, but um, <laughs> I was like, can I get your, <laughs> you know, at my age, I'm asking, you know, for her photo, but. Um, Jojo Siwa's the dancer, right? She's, she, yeah, she, right. She was on Dance Moms. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Right, right, right. She, yeah, yeah. Got it. How's so, that? Yeah, yeah, the, on Dance Mom, something like that. Um, yeah, I think, and she does like a bunch of YouTube stuff. But, um, but yeah, he had a lot of interesting, you know, interesting people, which I guess I can say because he, he, you know, launched the, he put it out there on the podcast. But um, the one person, I guess the only time I ever get like star studded is when it's nostalgic for me. Yeah. And the one person that came was uh, Steve-O. Right. And I was like, yes. I was like, oh, you know, like I watched him since I was a kid. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but he had a wide range of people. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I'm, I don't know. It's, it's hard because I know it's exciting, but I, I don't necessarily want to like say too many names because of confidentiality. But fair enough. Uh, yeah. But I do, I'm trying to think if 
something I can say. But yeah, I've worked from, like I said, like movie stars to I even work, uh, cook for people who were like, what is it, like TV producers and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, and then an athlete. So like basketball players and stuff like that. So That's so impressive. Yeah. Like now um, I'm not really, really interested in, you know, who it was. Or what, I'm more interested about like yeah. you working for them. What, when you become a private chef for these individuals, I'm assuming like it's like almost like referral basis at one point, like you kind of build that resume and then the name gets around and how is the process deciding? Like, do you, you have to obviously interview for it? Do you have to do a cook? Like, how does it work? Um, yeah. So it is, it is interesting because there's so much that goes into it. That's kind of, that's spoken, I guess you can say. Yeah. Um, yes. A lot of it is referral based. Um, you know, not to like jump ahead or anything, but I, I would say like anyone who is trying to um, become a private chef and that's, that's, goal of theirs um it's it's really networking it's just being in the scene and once you're there and once you show that you're reliable and you're you know good at your job and you're friendly and people like you a lot of his likability too i mean it's the food obviously but there's it's like being well-rounded you know it's not just like you can be an amazing chef but if you have a bad attitude i think in, in in general it makes things harder you know so um but yeah it was through networking you know when i first moved out here. I uh, went to culinary school. I was working with a bunch. I mean, I was working all the time. I was working with every chef I, that would give me a chance. Like same with you. I was like messaging people like, can I work with you? Can yeah. I, you know, get to know you, whatever, learn from you. So it was just, yeah, it was all networking. I just, the people would just think of me. I would be like, Hey, I'm looking, this is what I want to do. And I just tell people my goals and what I wanted. And, and I don't want to make it sound like it was easy. Cause man, the first couple of years were, were, were tough. I mean, you know, trying to gain skills and gain a name for like, make a name for myself. Yeah. And, um, I, I was, that sounds like out. hard work. There's a lot of behind the scenes time that goes into that. And a lot of, you know, a lot of failures in there, a lot of things that people don't see. So you work, you were, you were trained. So you did, you went through culinary school. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that. I, I did go to culinary school. I'm going to be very honest with you. Uh, you know, I'm a late bloomer. I started, my late twenties, which for in the culinary world, that's, that's late. A lot of people start, you know, very young. Yeah. Um, I will say not to like to jump back, but I started in the restaurant industry when I was 15. I started out as a dishwasher yeah, yeah, yeah. and worked my way up to a prep cook. I would like wash the dishes and I'd be looking at them like, oh, I want to do that. And so yeah. I kept begging the owner, you know, can I cook and stuff? So I ended up starting there. So I've always been in the restaurant industry and, and, in and out kind of thing, you know? And you had that curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I realize I'm, I'm jumping a little bit here, but no, it's fine. But I guess I would say that a lot of my cooking experience would be, you know, I've been cooking since I was a kid. I've been cooking for myself and I watched my mom cook. And so, yes, I went to culinary school, but I would say a lot of my skills and a lot of things that I learned were working with cooking for like trial and error, cooking with other chefs. You know, culinary school, you learn the basics, you learn food safety, all good things. But I use culinary school as a uh, catalyst in order for me to launch my career. Because I was like, yeah. I'm going to go here and talk to people and meet people. And when you tell people you're in a culinary school and you show that you're eager, it's amazing what, you know, you just ask and you put it out there. Yeah. It's amazing what people are willing to be like, yeah, like give you a chance. And that's what I did. I just asked everybody for a chance to anybody I wanted to learn from and 
Um, so it's just kind of a progression of how I got to be where I am. So there's so many lessons in that, Katie. Like uh, each episode, I try really hard to give tips, um, hacks. Uh, lessons to help people build their brand if they want to change career if they want to be promoted particularly in the hospitality industry so like good old-fashioned sincere networking you know in the right environment like the culinary school would be a perfect place for networking because everyone speaks the same language you know you've got potentially like people lecturers there or teachers whatever they are that would probably have connections to different venues so it sounds like you've worked your ass off to kind of <laughs> yeah, I put a lot. I would say I put, you know, people say, how long have you been cooking? I'm like, I don't even want to tell them the year, how many years, because I'm like, ask me how many hours I put into this. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, but it, it start, I'm in a really good place right now. I feel like I went from, and I think that's where everybody, you know, when you're working toward a goal, I think a lot of people want to get to this point, And I'm so grateful where you're hustling and you're working and you're trying to prove yourself but I've gotten to the point where I hit that tipping point where people are coming to me and they, you know, every, so many people have tasted my food and, you know, cause I love to cook. So even when I'm off, I'm feeding people. And so people yeah. remember that they're like, Oh, you know, and again, it goes back to likability that too. And, um, you don't get along with people and, um, you know, and just understanding people too. I think that's, especially as a private chef, I mean, I find it interesting. People will say, well, what's your favorite thing to cook or what's your favorite thing? Um, to make somebody and i always say uh it's whatever you want to eat because <laughs> <laughs> you know because like i could love to cook curry but if you don't like curry why would i cook that for you you know so. exactly exactly i um i i'm so happy to have you on here and just listen to you talk because it was really important for me like if i had the chance to kind of get you on here that I had you on and made it really clear because for me, I find social media and media sometimes lets the public define people in a way that's actually not who they are. And I bet I know that like a, a lot of people would go, oh, you're Logan Paul chef. But that actually is not what define, that doesn't define you. That's not the case at all. Like I, I, um, I, like I, I, I guess I suspected that you went to culinary school, but other people, you know, self-taught watching videos or just going straight to the kitchen at an early age. It sounds like you've done both. And I'm really interested to kind of, I want to skip to now. So post working as a private chef there, like what's going, so, um, is it a private chef business that, that you have right now? Are you freelance? How does it work for you? Well, so I'll, I'll tell you, um, it, and, and thank you for pointing that out. And you make so many good points and I love your perspective on, on all of this. Um, you know, I, I've accepted that I am a, personally, I am an entrepreneur. I like my freedom. I like working for myself. Yeah. I like setting the tone. I like choosing my clients. So since day one, I made promises when I, you know, moving out here was a big deal. I moved out here with no friends, no family out here. Well, from, from where, Katie? I shouldn't say no friends. I have a very good friend who lives out here. And if you listen to this, and be like, what about me? So <laughs> We'll tag her on this. Friend out here. Uh, oops. Um, I, had a friend, I have a friend who lives out here, but I don't have that like community, you know, and it's, it was definitely a big difference. It was like culture shock moving from the East Coast to the West Coast in the United States. It's crazy. Um but in speaking of that, having, an, I always say having East Coast work ethic, especially like a New York based work, work ethic got me farther, very much quicker. Cause while everyone was like hanging out, I was working all the time, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, 
and sometimes I get a little off track and hold on really quick. What was no, no, that's fine. So like what I was actually really, I was really engaged with you then. Like you were talking uh-huh. about the East coast work mentality, bring it into the West coast. And like, yeah. would you say, cause like the, 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 the West coast can be quite chaotic and you just deal with a lot of things really fast. It's all like get shit done mentality versus then you've yeah. got a bit more space and freedom and just take your time out on the West coast. Is that what you're kind of saying? Yes. I mean, it's great. It really is. It's like, that's what's interesting about the United States is everywhere you go is so, is so different. And I wanted to actually say this before when you mentioned about like even the food you're eating and I know I'm jumping a little bit, but when you mentioned like elk and venison and stuff like that, yeah, yeah, very rare that like, if you cook that for someone, let's say one of the coast coastlines, it's, they'd be like, what mm, venison? Like that's kind of like a Midwestern thing. So it's interesting how different, depending on where you are, yeah. but, but you know, West coast, East coast, it's crazy because that's my perspective. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know if it's different for other people, but in New York, man, I lived in Manhattan most of my, wow. If you, if you didn't keep up, I mean, in any way, driving, walking, like <laughs> doing anything, working, I mean, you were done. I didn't mess around. You know, you had to be the top of the best. It doesn't matter what you were doing. Yeah. Waitressing, uh, you know, working in finance, anything. So, and then moving out here, it was, it was so different. Like it, my intensity, I think kind of like, I felt like it turned people off. I don't know if that's true, but I just kept pushing, you know, and, and I remember I went back home after like a year and maybe not even a year. And people that I work with, I had dinner with them and they were like, I didn't even really tell them that much. I just was like the basics. And they were like, man, I feel like you live like 10 lives and we're just like doing this. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like doing all these things because it's just like, I, I can, you know, cause it's just room for it. So it just really, I don't know. I just thrived out here. So I like that. I really like that. And I'm, I, you wouldn't be the only one that's made that big move and use that mentality, that work ethic to benefit them out here or out there. Sorry. I'm saying here, like I'm there with you. Um, whereabouts, if, if you're okay, whereabouts in what kind of region in LA are you? Um, yeah, I actually, um, I live in the Valley, which some people will say, Oh, the Valley for whatever reason, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I live in like the Sherman Oak studio city area. Nice. Yeah. Um, and it just, it kind of worked out, you know, I was, I, I don't know, somehow just ended up here. One thing led to another, but I like it. I mean, it's kind of quiet, you know, which is good and bad, um, which is nice because the hours I put in, I really need quiet, something quiet to go back to. I always yeah. need to go to chaos with all the jobs. And it's, it's funny because the people who hire me, like, I always manage to work for people who are like partying. Like that seems to be my thing, which is amazing. Um, yeah. Give me, give me an example of what you mean by that. Well, you know, it, people will say like, what do you, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, well, uh, I work a lot. I, I like to work, you know, <laughs> but, I do for fun. but I, I tend to, you know, I do like to be a part of the party. Yeah. And you know, for example, like I have a friend who, um, that who hired me and she hired me a few times where she would get a bunch of people together and party, like rent a house. Like I worked a bunch of gigs where I would, um, they would rent a house and I would just cook for the week and you know, everyone was partying and then I would party yeah. with them, you know, just, I've seen stories. I've seen stories of you. Like, um, I think it was maybe while you're working at the Logan house, I saw one weekend, all of a sudden you're at this house with all these people and there's all this beautiful food. And I think next everyone's doing shots. That actually wasn't at Logan's house. That was the, uh, my friend who hired me for the, for the week. Um, 
actually actually that was out in uh, Lake Tahoe. That's what I was saying. I saw you at this. I saw you at this different house. I'm like, you are yeah. one busy person. Like, oh, yeah. Well, that you know, and that and it's interesting you say that because I am in a point in my life where I'm becoming a lot more careful i'm trying to find more balance in my life because yes yeah. i was <laughs> like it seemed exciting I was like yeah i'll take it i want to miss out on the opportunity how could i say no um yeah so i was working for him and then but actually to go back because you this is how we kind of got here you yeah, asked yeah. me about, uh, about you know you said how i got to like working for logan but it is funny because on so- social media a lot of people think oh you're you know his chef but i'm like no i've been doing this for a long time and I was I had a whole client base before I started working for him and then it just kind of kind of consumed my time and so I just kind of let it happen because it was fun and exciting and Mm. you know always different people and Mm. something different happening there and so it kept it interesting um but it did get to the point where I was like I I do want to venture out I love going personally I I love meeting new people yeah which again was fun there but i like going to different kitchens and having that excitement of like different people and i don't know like it, it kind of keeps your creativity going because then you, it's everybody's so different and what they like to eat so you know you own a restaurant and you cook you base it off of a theme what you want the menu to look like but when you're cooking for someone privately a lot of it is trying to please them and what they like you know yeah exactly exactly and and <laughs> Being a private chef versus a chef in a venue, there's a lot of differences there because, you know, you're ordering all the food, you're planning the menus for the week, I'd imagine. You're also taking requests that are like with a minute's notice. You've got changes to number of guests. Do you have enough produce? Uh, what technical have you has the toaster broken? Has like the oven got issues? Like I'm sure you have to go. Then there's the mise en place. Then there's the cleanup and then there's the rubbish and then there's the leftovers. I assume that would just all be so much to deal with with one person yeah yeah when you're private you know when you're working in a restaurant it was funny i was working in a restaurant and then i was like let me try the private chef thing maybe i'll find more balance and yeah. the funny part was i didn't because i was when i was working at restaurants i was working till one in the morning and then i would get up and i had private clients during the day and on my days off i had other private clients so i was doing all of it so i was like let me try to get a cl- just do private chef and you know and i end up still putting the hours in because right there's so much behind the scene like even when you go to a restaurant you see the plate that comes out and you're like cool that's food there's a plate of food you know but the amount of (laughs) energy and thought and everything that goes into that plate of food is unbelievable i mean there's seasonality there's uh vendors there's you know there's a whole team especially the restaurant there's a whole team but when you're doing a private when you're it's just you not always a team sometimes some chefs you know they'll have a team behind them and I'm trying to get better at bringing people on to help me. Yeah. Um, yeah. To help me with the little things so I can focus on the cooking, which yeah. is something that I've learned. But, but yeah, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. Like, but the, the crazy thing is I tend to lean toward clients and especially now because I can sort of be a little bit pickier and who I, yeah, you paid your dues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I tend to have clients that are super chill. Like the client that I'm cooking for now, he's a, he's an NBA player. Um, you're, you're cooking for an NBA player right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's so fun. It's so good. And he's so, like, it's just it's literally the most ideal situation. He's one, he's just a nice person. And so you're cooking for one of the Lakers. No, no. So I'm not going to mention who to just, again, it keeps saying competition. Totally. I'm not going to privacy. 
I will say, because I think it's funny that I am, he happens to play for the Mavericks. Right? <laughs> 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 Isn't that great? I was like, oh. Something's From the Maverick <laughs> house to cooking for a Maverick. Yeah, so funny. Uh, that's classic. That's like a, it's the universe being uh, jovial. I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but it's so great. Like one, actually I wanted to say too because as much as I love to learn more about Australia uh, I will yeah. say that I years ago I took a class um, called Institute for Integrated Nutrition I took a nutrition it's like a holistic health uh, certificate sort of thing and yeah there were so many people because it's, it's online there were so many people that were from Australia and so when I think of Sydney I think of um wanting to be healthy and using the fresh local ingredients and that's yeah. so when you said that i was like oh like that's i actually don't think of what you you know whatever you said shrimp on the barbie or whatever i don't know <laughs> i don't it's what the um it doesn't sound as cool but um but yeah so I tend to get excited and then I like lose my train of thought. No, no, it's but... fine. So you're talking to me about like um, uh, in terms of like, healthy foods and stuff and how you attribute that to Australian stuff based on a course that you did. And I think to be honest with you, there's a really good food culture here. There's definitely um, a really strong vegan culture. Um, there's a really strong um, uh, sense of using what's fresh, what's local, what's in season, um, you know, not big portions, but at the same time, we've got so much junk food here as well. It's so easy just to go on down to McDonald's or we call it Macca's or you, you know, your, your KFC or your meat pies. Like it's, it's, it's like anything it's hit and miss. So, um, yeah, it's good that you recognize it like that though. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. So like why trying to figure out how to ask this because i'm trying to figure out okay for example like when i think of west coast food i think of light and fresh and maybe there's like because it's there's so many so much variety like some is spicy some is not some isn't you know if you think about like east coast food i think of it as like comfort food and it's a little bit more like warm and cozy yeah yeah i hear you but i'm trying to figure out like what like what kind of spices do you guys like what what category would you sort of put that in? I'm not even sure. Yeah, like Australian spices. Like, you know, for example, like you've got um, Lebanese spices. You think of like sumac and stuff like that, like uh, or Middle Eastern kind of stuff like that. But Australian spices, honestly, we're pretty simple. Like you've got, just like you, it's ground garlic, coriander seeds, like um, lemon myrtle is something that we use a lot. Um uh, spices wise, we use kind of everything from all around the world and we use that to enhance dishes that we grow locally or catch locally. So, you know, for example, Sydney, the Gold Coast, Melbourne is all on the coast. It's on the East Coast. So it's always fresh seafood. And then we use whatever spices that we can get to enhance the flavor. Usually quite simple. Um, and then again, same with the proteins as well, like um, from the land. So beef and lamb. Lamb is something that is really big in Australia. Um, lamb chops, that's that whole shrimp on a barbie thing is so silly and so commercial. We love our, we call them prawns, firstly. We don't call them shrimp, we call them prawns. And um, yeah, we'll usually eat them, we'll eat them like uh, cooked, but we'll actually shell them and put them in our own sauce and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's, it's really interesting what people kind of gravitate to towards based on like a a commercial on something on TV or a movie scene. And then that's their education on the whole country. You know what I mean? I've always, 
you know, I will say that I've traveled a lot and I've always been really good at not doing that. There was only one time that I think I had this idea because I usually, I like to go into another country with an open, fresh mind. Yeah. The, the one time though, I would say, this is not about food related, but I will say I went to the, to Egypt and then I was like, oh, we're going to go to this, like through the desert and go to the pyramids. And it ended up being like, you could see it from the city. And that I was just like, oh, I thought we had this whole visual in my head. But other than that, I think anytime I've traveled, like I just kind of went with the fresh mind and just was like, you know, show me what you got. Cause it's, it is yeah. true. Like even everyone has their idea of what some, you know, what people are like, like when people say, where are you from? I always get tripped up on that question, which seems so simple, but it's not. Cause people, I think people take it as like, Oh, where are you from? Oh. And then they, they kind of, it's easy to sort of come like put you in a little bit of a box in a way. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sydney, so whatever their thought is of Sydney is what you are, you know, or you're from New York. So you must be whatever that is. So I just, find that part interesting but I, same thing with food yeah i hear you i hear you like it makes total sense and i just even googled while we we're talking then like native australian herbs uh, and spices and yeah. we've got native mint wattle seed mountain pepper lemon myrtle so if anyone listening that was and a lot of people listen are chefs probably australian chefs like cringing at my answers that's a bit more accurate <laughs> answer for you right now so <laughs> I think um, like you learn a lot on traveling. Anthony Bourdain was big about, um, you know, someone who I really, really respect and admire. Um, and so sad he's not with us anymore. But he would say, if you want to learn about uh, a city or a place you're in, get off the airport, go straight to the, f- the local market. Yeah. Like look oh, at what's in season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can learn a lot just by going to, and you say market, but just, I guess, the grocery store. Yeah, right. Exactly. In the United States, I still go. I mean, I know I should be used to it because I grew up with it, but I'm like, God, why are there so many aisles? Like, there's no reason. We only need whatever is on the outside, maybe a couple aisles for like the, you know, the dry goods and stuff. But like, there's so many things to choose from and it's crazy. It's like use the fresh stuff and make something of, of that. Yeah. 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 Good luck trying to uh, make that happen. <laughs> no, right. What, um, so what is it that you guys can't get there? In terms of what lies in food, like ingredients, you you know that you. Like I was trying to think. Like I remember when I went to India and I stayed with a family and I asked them, I was like, "What is it? Something that you just can't get?" And they said it was chocolate. They just like you know I don't whatever reason you in the United States or other countries do chocolate so much better. Something like that. Like, is there something that like? I wouldn't say that we are restricted to anything. We're really lucky. We've got like um, two major kind of, uh, we call them grocery shopping centers where they stock basically everything. And in in some of the aisles, we've got international aisles where we can get like Asian stuff, um, stuff from Europe, uh, the States. We've also got Costco here as well. But most of the shopping centers, all the proteins you can think of, most of the um, uh, salad and veggies that you need, most of the spices, um, like I've my actual computer here, my screen, I've got it's actually being held up by five cookbooks right now. None of these cookbooks are actually one of them is Australian, Australian heritage cooking. But I've got a whole bookshelf full of cookbooks, and the only time I've really struggled to find an ingredient was um, with uh, Otto Lange's cookbook. He's got some weird ingredients in some of his uh, recipes. So, um, but they're odd ingredients that like. Only you'd have to order online, if that makes sense. Is there something you can think? I'm curious. Oh, goodness. Um, no, I can't think of anything now, but like some of it, it's, it's, he brought out a new cookbook, um, Otto Lange, which was called Simple. 
And the reason he actually made that cookbook was because the one that he got before, well, the one he made before that was so difficult and had such a bad reputation of being, get that book, but good luck getting any of the ingredients to cook. And I actually got the cookbook and I, I couldn't cook one recipe from there because getting the ingredients was too difficult. Yeah. And sometimes the ingredients you needed to get, whether it was like um, a particular type of molasses or whatever it might be, you'd only ever use once, but it's like 30 bucks. You know what I mean? And it's... It's just like, it just didn't make sense. So um, we have no shortage of getting ingredients here if you're smart about it. We also have different areas, particularly here in Sydney, where some areas and regions in Sydney um, will be all about Italian. Others will be, you know, we could even got like, for example, um, uh, you've got one area, it's a lot of Dutch. Then you've got like a lot of Middle Eastern. Uh, then you've got a lot of Thai. Then you've got a lot of um, uh, just any style really you can find. Then there's, you know, your Chinatowns with the markets there. There's no shortage for us. So um, I just imagine that you would have the same situation except in greater scale. Um, Everything's done bigger in the States, right? Yeah, especially when you live in the cities. I mean, I'm so grateful that I have access to so many different different things. Um, But interesting because I wanted – oh, you were saying about the cookbook. I thought it was interesting that – people always ask me like how my brain works and how I come up. Cause I usually don't make the same thing twice. Or really? The same. Oh yeah. I mean, I switch it up, right? Like I've been cooking like the last couple of weeks, I haven't made the same dish twice. It's, it's totally each one. It's like kind of the same ingredients, but everything's sort of, everything's very different, but I find it interesting with cookbooks. Um, people will look at a recipe and then they won't, they're like, oh, I don't have the, this one thing, so I can't make it, or I don't know what to do, you know? And it's like, some some people get nervous about cooking, right? And I wanna be able to, way to find, I wanna find a way to teach people how to use their intuition. Yeah. And how you don't, like people say, what's your recipes? You should do a cookbook. I've had so many people say I should do a cookbook. And they laugh, cause I'm like, I, I don't even know how to put my brain into a book. Like I, <laughs> I don't, I never use recipes. I just, I have a million cookbooks. I mean. I go to, I mean, I go to the bookstore all the time and, or like I'll go to um, thrift stores and get old vintage books and, you know, just all these different kinds of books that yeah. probably wouldn't make sense. Like, why do you have this? But it's like, I just read through and I look at pictures and I kind of just, my brain sort of just puts something together of my own. I want people to be in some way, be able to do that. Where like, I, t- I was thinking I was cooking today and I was like, how can I show people that you, you can cook what you have in your, whatever ingredients you have. Let's say you don't cook at all. You get some ingredients and you can make so many different things based on the same ingredients. That's why I find yeah. it interesting. Like you can do a Mediterranean dish and an Asian dish based on some of the same similar ingredients. And so I'm trying to figure out, I want to at some point figure out a way to, to kind of get that on paper or in video. Um, I actually have a friend that I do like little cooking classes with her and it's so fun because she, She's like, I've, I'm starting from zero and I'm just like showing her how simple things can be. And she's like, oh, like I actually can do this. That's cool. I have to say, I wish I like, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I'd love to see more of you out there. Like I, cause I know how I, from just talking to you today and just having common sense, I know how hard that you work behind the scenes, but I like, and then when I was like, oh my God, I'm going to research everything about Katie before she comes on. And I'm like, ah, she's actually quite a private person here. And maybe she's chosen that. I am a private person and I, you know, uh, I'm a little shy. Yeah. Not going at the same time. It's kind of a weird combination, but. It's a good yeah, balance. I, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be out there more. Um, you know, I'm, 
I'm trying to kind of get out there more now that I, I've had a little more balance in my life and trying to, before I really just didn't have the time. I mean, it yeah. was like videos and cookbooks and, but I also want to be smart about it. I want, like, I want to put content out there. That's there's so much content out right now in the yeah. world. And I want it to be strategic. I want to make sure that whatever I'm putting out there is in some way different and helpful that you can't just Google and find somewhere else. And you do it for you behind your methodologies, your philosophies, not just, you don't just do it. So, Oh, the audience will like this. You do it yeah. because, and then yep. you find the niche of people that stick by you till the end. Like, you know, I'm a fan. Like I wouldn't have reached out if I wasn't, um, Katie, can I ask you a couple of questions? Like, I'm fans? like that's crazy. Yeah, you, I'm your fan. I've said it. I've said it. Um, um, yeah. I um, I just look for me. I have respect for anyone in the culinary industry, particularly those, um, you know, particularly chefs. Um, uh, whether you're a private chef, whether you're a chef in a venue, or just a chef overall, or a line cook, what associate, whatever it might be. Um, I guess with you, you in your day to day, what's your like? What's um, do you have a particular way of eating yourself? Like, do you eat meat? Do you hold back on meat? Like, what's your style of eating? <laughs> that's uh, that's an interesting question because um, I I don't even know how to answer it. So, you know why I asked it because it said finding yeah. interesting ways to make healthy meals or something like that on your Instagram, and yeah. I thought, are you vegan? No, I. So it's funny. I'm not. I'm not vegan. Um, I have learned. I'm trying to figure out how to, how to put this. Um, That's all right. Take your time. Yeah. Cause you know, it changed, it changes throughout the years and stuff. And what, you know, I'm sure, you know, like, as you get older, like the, the way that your way of eating, cause you go from what you know, growing up to figuring out what you like. Um, and how it also responds to your body and your moods, like good yeah. mood food and emotions. And yeah, exactly. So the, the thing that I always joke about is like a lot of times I will, out, so I taste as I go. I taste my food always, 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 always. I never put something out I don't taste. So I, I eat everything mo mostly, but if let's just say I, I cook all day and sometimes I'm like, I don't even want to eat my own food. I mean, I know it's good, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah. just sit down and eat it. I'm like, oh, I want, there's something about getting food from someone else. That's so nice. You know, I always get like takeout or something, but um, I like to eat. If I could really choose, I would actually say I, like to be pescatarian i like meat you know i like chicken i like so bison fish. i like yeah. occasional burgers but really i my body especially responds to is i like eating just like fish and you know rice yeah. and like if like my, my go-to would be like um i love like vietnamese food i i love ramen yeah. that's like it's always my go-to whenever like someone's like you want to go out to eat i'm like let's do ramen like i'm like make ramen yeah. It's like an art kit and it's so good and comforting and warm, you know. Omami is just one of those things in the world that is amazing for a flavor profile. Like it should start with umami and then work your way down to <laughs> spice, acidic. Um, yeah. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. And like um, uh, I guess I want to go back to what you're doing now. So you're still doing the private chef um, business right now. Um, you've, you've, so you've got a client as we speak. Is that the direction Ooh. you're you're at now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's funny because I we've kind of gone back to this a few times, and I do want to point out that about like my style of cooking because you asked me about this, and I yeah, I say that because I grew up in the East Coast, and I think that has a lot to do with it. And I talk about like comfort food, and so my thing is always trying to get something that people grew up on or something that is nostalgic or food that you like to eat, but like switching the ingredients out. That's my biggest thing. So give me an example. Well, 
you know, for example, which I'm sure you've seen a lot of is uh, when people say, oh, are you vegan? No, but I switch. I don't eat a lot of dairy. And so to switch it out, you can have, so it's funny. So mac and cheese is a comfort food, right? Yeah. And then a lot of times people feel sick after and heavy. And then it's just like, I firmly believe that you should eat food and feel good. And don't get me wrong. I love a good fried chicken, mac and cheese. There's yeah. nothing like it, but sometimes you're like, I want to eat those things, but I don't want to feel like I want to die after. And not everyone feels like that, but I yeah. know I do. Slip straight into a coma. <laughs> yeah, right. But if you take those ingredients, if you, if you take, if you take that meal and you think, what is it that you get out of that meal? It's creamy. And you know, there's like depths of flavor in terms of like, if you season the sauce, right. And just something's comforting about it. I start at, I, that's how I start. So I start at the actual end product and I think, how do I get there? And so for example, for whatever reason, I started making this vegan mac and cheese and for whatever reason, everyone actually recommend, they actually request that over my regular mac. Over A vegan mac, mac and cheese. I love this because it lets me know your way of thinking. I'm just looking at, I just Googled that straight away. Yeah. What so, is- you know, it's funny because out here it's like a normal thing. You're like, oh, of course. Like, but because, you know, it's a lot of vegans out here, but there's a lot of different ways to make it. But for example, it's so, it sounds so crazy, but the vegan mac and cheese that I do, it's, I start off with soaked cashews. Yeah, right, right, right. So, so I soak the cashews overnight. And then that, you blend that with what, what like oat milk, or sometimes it depends on when I, I do like nutritional yeast, that makes it kind of cheesy and creamy. I make it different every time. So I'll add like garlic and onion and, it, you know, it depends on yeah. who I'm making it for, but you make that creamy base and then you, I actually, I usually use uh, brown rice pasta and then I add broccoli and it, in a way, even though it's kind of a high fat calorie meal, you're still eating brown rice, broccoli, cashews. And yeah. Low GI you know, carbohydrates. Mac and cheese. Yeah. Wow. I'm trying to think of other things. Like I think, you know, I grew up in, I guess you can say I grew up in the nineties, right. Which is like huge diet culture. That's when it, I feel like it kind of, a lot of it was, started right like yeah yeah low fat this and now it's high fat but it, it and weight watchers and all these things and i remember my family the women in my, my family are always on a diet and I, it'd always be like bland chicken like okay we're on a diet we're gonna eat bland chicken and like broccoli yeah you want to gag i'm like what why does life have to be like this like i don't understand like why can't you eat healthy and be you know you know feel good and and so my biggest thing is you can eat healthy and it can still taste good. Like when I cook for people, I've had clients go, there's no way this is healthy. I was like, no, I promise you just because it tastes good. Like I use all fresh ingredients. I use spices. Spices are okay. It's not a bad thing, you know? Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be bland in order to be healthy. That's my biggest thing. I totally agree with you. I think that's such a, a big lesson to learn. Like I find that my emotions, my thinking, my moods, my energy and focus really relies on what I actually put in my body. And then if I then look at that and then the other two, two of the three pillars, I look at my sleep and then exercise, you really can operate that machine of yours well when you decide to put good things in your body and rest and stuff. And I think that's really good because it gives me an understanding of like your philosophy behind food, um, you know, using alternative things that are, are better than something that'll stay in your body for three years <laughs> and not break down. I love cheese, but you know, come on like that. <laughs> You know, you don't eat so much before. It's like, I don't know. But How do you feel about pineapple on pizza? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I I'm not s- a fan. I know it's like, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, You're not one of us. Because it's it's such a it's it's always going to be a, you know controversy. But um, <laughs> I'm not a fan. But I I you know I can see I guess like pineapple and ham. I can go. I can kind of see why the Hawaiian, the classic. Yeah, but I'm not. It's yeah. not my thing. <laughs> what is your thing? If you're a cocktail, what would your cocktail be? It was your birthday. We went out for a drink. What cocktail are we getting? Ooh, okay. Interesting because not to be complicated here, but I it depends on where we're at. Yep. This is where we go. Because I'm not, it's like you don't order, it's like the saying where why would you order pasta or why would you order steak at a pasta house, right? Yeah, I get or it. Pasta, you know, steakhouse. Why would you order? I get it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so it depends. Like if I go to a place that serves, you know, craft beer, I'm going to get beer, but yeah. if I go, I'm not going to get wine at a, at a bar. Yeah. 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 You don't know how it's been sitting there. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty, I like a little bit of everything. Um, I love, I like beer. I like yeah. a good, like I said, I like a good lager. I like, um, like some lighter beers. I'm not a huge fan of IPAs. I know it's like a big They're thing. They're too but, beefy. Um, They're like a whole meal. It's just too much flavor. It's too much. There's so much going on. I'm like, I, okay. It, it <laughs> like just confuses me. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I appreciate them, but I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, I'm with um, you. I'm with you. Yeah. But, I, you know, and of course, like wine, like if I'm going to get wine, it's going to be at a good place. And then I'm going to get hard liquor. I, I, you know, going back to the <laughs> margarita post, uh, I love tequila. <laughs> like tequila loves me. Like I can drink it all night and wake up and live like a normal human the next day. So speaking of that, please, for any of the listeners, go follow chef Katie at, at chef Kate Lloyd with two L's and have a look at her newest uh, post, which is a jalapeno watermelon margarita. Um, interesting story behind that, but check out the recipe and then the photos of how it's done. I look forward to making one of these. We got plenty of watermelons in our um, shopping centers and grocery stores right now. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I, as I mentioned before, like posting recipes, I'm like, ah, like I don't use recipes. So if that was me just being like, eh, kind of a cup, kind of half of a cup, like yeah. you mix the ingredients together and then you taste it and you go, what does this need? Right. Exactly. That's what I tried to say on there, like on the post is like, you know, you mix it together and then you go, okay, it needs to be spicier. It needs to be sweeter. It needs to be. And that's how I want people to learn how to cook. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A recipe, and I, 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 I just, I, I try to follow. Like last week, I followed a recipe online. And it was funny because luckily I can laugh at myself. It was actually for a, <laughs> for a client, and I followed the recipe because I was like, I'm trying to use whatever ingredients I had there, and I wanted to make him like a healthy snack. Yeah. And it somehow like overnight it like dried out. I don't know. And I came in the next day, and I was like, I just looked at it. And I was like, Ooh, I was like, I'm gonna make you something else. I'm really sorry. I don't know what happened there but like i tried to follow a recipe and it just like didn't go right you gotta follow your instincts you know it's, yeah there's a lot of things that could get you know, a lot of um things you gotta put in consideration so i look at recipes like a guide and if you want to change it up it's your journey it's your life you know like go ahead go ahead and do whatever you like um yeah. What advice would you give katie uh to anyone wanting to become a private chef um, I feel like I, so I would say three things. I would say one, um, be location is important. You yep. know, you gotta be around the, the people who can afford you to be yep. very blunt. Yeah. Uh, it's a luxury to be, a, to have a private chef. So, you know, be in location, location. Um, the other thing is work with as many people, as many chefs as you possibly to can. To get that experience. Yeah. Like 
everybody, you can learn from everybody. Yeah. You can learn what to do. You can learn what not to do. Um, you know, work in restaurant. You don't have to work in restaurants, but it, it helps. Like it helps you with yeah. so many things. I could, you can't, I can't even, I know where to begin, but um, yeah. So then, make sure you've got that experience, make sure in the right location where obviously you have the right clientele that can afford a private chef and becoming a full-time private chef. So say that you're working with one client in particular, or you're just working midweek for them. That includes like you doing all of the actual shopping and stuff and the ingredients and the menu planning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you've got to obviously no nutritional value, depending, especially for you who's working with athletes. You've got yeah. to understand what they need based on maybe their workout regime or. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. I mean, I've been, re- I've been reading up on nutrition and food for years before I even did. I mean, I was right. like, it's all I did. You know, when I was working other jobs, and I'd be reading about nutrition and like what you know what ingredients and stuff like that so i mean it's just education i mean i i anyway it's just learning you have to really be eager to learn because there's so many things that go into it um yeah but you know yeah like even like so like even getting to the point where i'm working for athletes like at first you know when you get into it and you start working for high profile clients there's a lot there's maybe it's just me but there's like a lot of pressure that goes into that you know i mean there, there's a lot of expectations and a lot that goes into it. A lot of pe- times people don't know what they want. You kind of have to figure out what they don't know they need and what they want. So it's more education time, piece. So you're educating now, them. Yeah. He didn't give me anything. He was just like, yeah, cook me food. So I just started cooking. And then <laughs> based on what I thought most people would like and what I kind of just kind of guess and, yeah. you know, it worked out, but and also, like he doesn't have, he doesn't have to think about it. That's why they're paying me. You know, he's like, I don't want to think. Like, I, I, for example, like I'd make you pasta, but there's a difference between making like a creamy Cajun pasta, which I one of my favorite things. Oh, so good, right? Yeah. Like the spicy pasta with like shrimp in it and stuff. Um, Send me a recipe. What's that? Send me the recipe, please. I don't have a recipe. That's what I'm saying. I have a recipe. I got to figure out a way to be like, just you wing know. It. Cause I don't have like a cup of this cup of that. It's more of just like, yeah, just wing it. you know, the basics of it and you kind of yeah. put it together. And again, I'll have to figure out a way to sort of get my brain on paper. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like if you switch out ingredients, you're still eat like you're enjoying it, but it's like, you feel good and you get energy and like pancakes, right? Like the traditional pancakes make you feel tired if you do it the right way. It's, you know, so, um, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Well, um, uh, it's been really nice, like getting insight into, I guess, your philosophy on food, alternative ways to cook, sometimes an unhealthy recipe that can be nostalgic. So there are ways to do it in a healthy way. Um, it's definitely interesting to to learn and speak to the first time I ever interviewed a private chef and definitely someone in the States and LA, um, get some advice for people wanting to become private chefs. I've got a lot of chefs that are friends here. So it's, it's always interesting to hear their stories. And there's always so many basic questions you can ask that I try to avoid. It's just, I like the conversations to flow on these podcasts. Um, I guess um, if anyone wants to work with you, Katie, how would they reach out to you? Um, you know, you can message me on Instagram at, or email me. I believe my chef email, it's um, chefkatela at gmail.com. You, yep. can, you know, just let me know, uh, you know, try to make that happen. Cause I, I think it'd be really cool to, you know, just have some help and to kind of 
show people the way and give them some advice. I'm totally down for that. So. You're open for people to come to you for questions or if they want some advice or inspiration, that's okay for you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, everyone has a different, especially private chef world. I'm so open to that. Um, yeah. I'm always trying to network with other private chefs because it's a very, it's a, not when I say lonely world, but it's, you know, you're working in a private home. So it's everyone, we're all, we're all kind of making it up as we go. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, there's no set rules. So it's not like, any other industry. So I mean, I would love to, you know, answer any questions that people have and you got to start somewhere and, you know, so did I, I mean, I, you know, I started from scratch. So I, I, I can tell is. by talking to you that like, you're one of those people that, um, it, uh, just by, just by seeing you, they, they don't, they don't know the hard work and the hours you put in behind the scenes. Like you said, don't ask me how many years I've been a chef. Ask me how many hours I've worked. I think that's so, that's so powerful in itself. And like, I'd really respect you for that. Um, I don't know what it was that drew me to you when I kind of first saw you on that video and then kind of been following you since, but I'm so grateful that you got back to me. I don't feel like this, just recording this episode with you will be the last time you and I speak. Um, I think you've got a gift. I think, uh, you know, you've got a big light and, um, you should definitely not let anyone dim it chef. And, uh, I look forward to seeing what's next. I do want to ask you a couple more things though and being mindful of your time. Um, do you have um, chefs that are, that inspire you or, or mentors? Um, it's interesting. I'm trying to think. I, I don't necessarily have a mentor, which I would love to have one. I think that's something that I'm missing. You yeah. know, I guess I've worked with a lot of chefs, but in terms of an actual mentor, it's not um, – I don't, um, it's on my list of my goals and something I want to comp have, but in terms of people who inspire me, um, you know, I would say that I'm inspired by people who are passionate I know it seems like a cliche answer, but you know, I mean, I'm passionate about what I do. I love what I do. Um, it's, it, it's the passion first. And, you know, obviously like, it's not just about the, the money, you know, I get paid to have a, I make a living on something that I just, I don't think about the money. I used to um, work nine to five and kept, you know, hourly. And it was just like, ugh, like how many more hours are I going to go? But now this is just like, I'm just cooking and I want to be anywhere else. But trying to think of other people, I think I'm so caught up in what I'm doing that I, yeah. I'm starting now to start looking at other people. Um, trying to think, I guess I can say like, I have a friend out here that I met working in a restaurant, um, Chef Kine Houston, if you want to check her out. Um, what was the name of the I chef, sorry? Chef, Chef Kane, K-A-N-A-E, Kane Houston. She, she was on the last season of uh, House Kitchen. Not only is she talented, but she's just an incredible person. And I learned so much from her. I actually hired her as my sous chef a couple of times. Um, and she, I learned from her. I, like, I swear, I don't even know if she learned anything from me. You know, she's just, she's really just a good-hearted person too but super talented shout out to um, chef kenne houston at chef kenne houston houston cool i just followed her yeah yeah she's great so awesome um, awesome well that's okay look in terms it's it's always good to have 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 a mentor or have people that inspire you for me it always changes sometimes i feel like i'm so stuck in the weeds that i forget to even brand myself or put anything out there and you just you're so stuck actually doing the work um, and just because people don't see it online or you don't have a cookbook, it doesn't mean that you've probably got an entire encyclopedia inside your head. <laughs> so much information. I'm just trying to figure out how to communicate it. <laughs> hey, you do what's right when the time is right for you. Um, uh, look, 
moving forward here, um, so I guess I've we've talked about how people can connect with you if they want to get some advice, if they want to reach out to you. Can I ask a, um, ask something right now? Do all these? This is so off topic, but do all these TikTok young stars? Do they all? Can they all afford these private chefs and stuff these days? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't know that much about TikTok stars. I really don't. I do. I. I do know, how's that? I don't either. I just don't get it. Yeah, I actually saw a meme this morning <laughs> that was like a, of a, of a Joker just like standing there awkwardly, and the meme was like me getting ready for you know he's like in a clown face, and it was like me getting ready for work, knowing that an eight year old YouTube star made twenty eight billion dollars this year. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, it um, just. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't associate you to it. It's just because you're in LA, where the, the, all those different houses are going at the moment. It just. Yeah, I, it's weird. No, you know, um, I don't. I don't really know, to be honest with you. But to, if you think about it, it kind of would make sense if, because I, I guess from what I know is like they all live in these houses, and there's as far as I know, they're like sponsored and stuff. So, I mean, who who knows? They probably can afford it. I don't know much about actual TikTok. I don't really understand like how they make money or how much they're making. Um, you know why I asked? Because like, I thought maybe there's like a, maybe a private chef community you'd be a part of. And maybe you just caught wind of like, these guys are hiring chefs from here and there. Obviously you you are a chef to the stars. So I thought you might've just had an ear to the ground on that kind of stuff. It just, it yeah. just fascinates well, me. I've heard about like, you know, just being in that scene. I've definitely heard about it. I think I actually kind of, there was discussion of working for one of them, but it, it, it just like, I don't know. I guess it kind of felt, it just fell to the wayside that happens, but yeah. Uh, but it's also kind of hard because with those houses, you just never know who's going to show up and then you're just cooking for people. That's so, frightening to me. Uh, let's say, yeah, so you just never know how much you need. And, you know, um, like, you know, like for the clients I have now, is they have like friends over and stuff, but I always have a little extra and it's like manageable and they're super respectful. So it's great. But especially when they're younger, you know, and like I feel like when they're like very, very early 20s, it's like they're just not. Yeah, think about like what you were like, what I was like, you know. Yeah. You're just not paying attention. So I didn't care what I ate. I didn't even remember what I ate. Um, Well, I'm talking about like, yeah, but you just like, as I'm talking about like in terms of like having a chef that young and then, you know, like I just imagine, I imagine working for a TikTok star and they're like, you know, 21 years old and you're just cooking for, I don't know. I just, I don't think that that would be my scene personally, but it take a certain kind of person to do that, but and, or I'm a sure certain kind of paycheck. Getting takeout super expensive, so you know it adds up. I'm sure That's right. Really- That's right. Well, um, Katie, I think um, we've like literally covered most of my questions, and it was good just chatting with you. I, I do want to finish on one last question for you, which I did send to you, which was, Chef Katie from LA. What would your death row meal be with no limit, budget, resources? Just if you could have it in front of you, have you thought about an answer? Um, I would, I don't mean to sound biased to East Coast or New York, but <laughs> it, it would, I don't know if, if it, you said no resource, you know, no limits, right? Yeah. No limits. Whatever you want on the globe and beyond. I would, get, I would have a couple things and you, whether it's a bite of everything, but I would have a bacon, egg and cheese from New York city. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think me. Uh, there's a few places I can think of. I would have a cheeseburger 
and I it's funny I say that because I'm not even a huge cheeseburger or red meat fan but there's this place in Manhattan that I used to go to near my old place that was called five napkin burger oh my god and it had this like melty cheese on it actually I would have a cheeseburger the five napkin cheeseburger and I would have their toasted uh, marshmallow smoothie uh sorry toasted marshmallow um what is it called uh milkshake yeah Wow. Oh, I'm looking at their menu snack. right now. Oh, five and napkin. Mac and cheese and fried chicken. So I have like uh, all of it just like ready to go so I can have a bite of each um, one. Oh. Yeah, all from New York. I'm not going to lie. Hey. <laughs> I just got to do it right. West Coast. don't East Coast, don't be hating West Coast, vice versa. You just do I'm it. here. I like it here. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's good. But. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about before um, we kind of wrap this up? I'm, I'm pretty happy with how this has gone. I, I want to thank you so much for all your time and and don't feel like you're waffling on. I really enjoyed hearing your methodologies, your way of thinking and describing things. I think it's uh, it would it would definitely translate well into the food. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, well, you know, I get excited and then I'm like jump in and then you know go again like lose my train of thought. So thank you for keeping me on track. But it's fine. Um, you know, just going back to like the being a private chef thing, I, I think the biggest thing is when 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 we glorify, we glam, glamorize or glam, what's the word? How do you say glamorize? Yeah, gl- glamorize, I think that. Yeah, glamorize. Yeah. yeah like what someone else is doing. I think there's a difference between admiring somebody and putting them on a pedestal. And I think, and I'm talking about just anybody, like if you look at people that you admire and or people you follow and you're like, oh, I want to be that, like, I think it's understand that you could do that too. Like everyone has to start somewhere. Mm. And I, I mean, you know, maybe we could do this again one day and I could tell my backstory, but man, I, I wasn't always a, yeah, I wasn't always chef Katie, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had to hit rock bottom first before I even like crawl my way to just crawl my way to the bottom kind of thing. So I hear a part uh, two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe, well, a few months from now, you're going to see where, see where we're at. Maybe I'll be, you know, posting more videos and stuff, but yeah. Um, but yeah. So basically that's it like just if you do want to be a private chef and maybe being a chef to the stars is something that you um strive to be it's just it's really just knowing that if you just put yourself in the position to do it and you educate yourself and teach yourself and meet be around the right people you can do it too i mean you know you just gotta kind of find your own path and that's what's great about being a private chef is especially in the culinary industry there's so many paths to take and for me, I'm going to be very honest with you, it, being a celebrity chef or a chef for celebrities and stuff wasn't really my, it's not really my end goal. My, my goal is to get to that point so that, you know, people know who I am. So they listen to me and then I can make bigger change in terms of the food industry. Oh, I love that. Food politics and, and how the, you know, like food deserts in this country. And there's like so many things that are just, that need to be fixed and, that's really my end goal. I mean, I love cooking on a daily basis. It's great, but yeah, not to go down that road, but that's where I, I would like to go next. So I hear a part two um, coming, Katie. I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully the part two would be be coming to Sydney and just eating at a bunch of restaurants because that would be amazing. I can't wait to start Hell yes. Being a hole in the walls and everywhere. I'm down for that. So, oh, oh. so fun. I, uh, I, I'm not going to toot my own horn too much, but, um, definitely putting on foodie events and doing food tours is something I have a, have a gift for. So I'd need you for like three days so we could just cover different parts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's so happening. As soon as like this whole travel thing, it's, you know, 
everything gets settled uh or figured out i don't even know but at yeah. some point when we start traveling freely and and that's gonna. It's on my list already, so it's gonna happen. Uh, awesome. Well, look, we'll end it on that note. Thank you so much for your time. I'm gonna release this podcast as soon as possible. Um, the episode. Um, I'll make sure to tag everyone that you've mentioned on the episode as well, just to give them a bit of love. But um, thank you for being my first international guest. Um, and this was your first podcast, right? Yeah, it's my first podcast. Yeah. So there we go. Little, I was a little nervous. I'm like, <laughs> you did good. Lie, well, so. We drank a beer. We just talked. We talked a bit of shit. There wasn't much swearing either. I know. I kind of disappointed. I thought I was in a curse morning. I mean, uh, it just happened. So. We'll break out the tequila. I do want a shot every yeah. 10 minutes next episode. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, um, thank you for having me. This has been, this is really cool to even like get that information out there that I haven't really had a chance to really say out loud i've just been working so much this is really cool so i think it's important to like the message that i, that I kind of get from this in closing it is that um you know it's really important to know that you are not defined by who the clients that you work with there is so much more to you behind the scenes the hours that you've put in we haven't even touched on the backstory of you which is something that i think is just really up to my curiosity um but yeah just all the power to you katie all the best with everything that you're doing keep doing you and one day Put all that information out of your head onto a book. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna happen eventually, you know, in due time. But uh, but yeah, this is great, and honestly, this is really cool. I, like I said before, I really enjoy your perspective on, you know, the background of the industry. That's something that needs to be talked about more in yeah. general. I mean, especially the restaurant industry. I mean, that we can get me started on that. Um, a lot of changes need to be happening there. So, and I think a lot more people, you know, are looking for private chefs, um, especially with covid and stuff you know they, they're really looking the industry is changing right now so i think it's good for people to learn more about private chef stuff i didn't know anything before i started i just figured out as i went so that's why i said i would love to answer questions and even if i i'll you know people message me i'll i'll be i'll read them through maybe i can put them up you know online so more people can see them and answer those questions so i'd love to lovely do that. and um, um my mom always said to if you feel like asking always ask if, if there's anyone that you feel that you could introduce me to in in your area or anyone that would like to come on the podcast, I really want to give more people a voice. So if there's anyone that you can introduce me to, um, I would really appreciate that. Take your time with that. Um, I was actually just about to say that to you. Um, so you you got, you know, you had a game. But yeah, I was going to say, like, if I think of anything who'd be interested, um, I know, you know, I happen to know a pretty good amount of private chefs now in the city. So, you know, once I post and they'll see that you know see if i get any hits on that but uh but awesome. i'll definitely put your name out there and say hey like put the information out there people need to ah networking that's what it's all about mm-hmm. katie i'm gonna just stop recording from here thank you so much oh you stop recording